Hi, listener. Welcome to the More Than Me podcast with your host, Becky Harrington, sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. In each episode, we'll dig deep into stories of women who shed their fear and shame so that they could claim their higher purpose. Each week, you'll leave inspired, free from the shoulds that have been bringing you down and prepared to walk ahead towards your bright purpose. Experience a community that has forged a path before you and discover that you're not alone. Hi, listeners. This is the More Than Me podcast, and I am your host, Becky Harrington, and I want you to join me each week as we discover the triumphant stories of women who decided to have more for their lives and accept their purpose. Um, This is a podcast for women who have a deep longing in their hearts, who crave community and are ready to step out in faith. This week, I am super excited because I am joined with um, collective member Sally Holder. And I got to see Sally speak at our last event in Seattle. And since then, I can't tell you how many meetings I have been in where someone was quoting what she said at that event. It's like quotable moments by Sally. (laughs) And so, um, and I've even seen them online or I've just been like on a Zoom call and someone's like, oh, you know, I, you know, when Sally Holder said this and it's, so I'm sure today that we are going to get more quotable moments with Sally um, and you are in for a really um, big treat. We're gonna dive deep into her story today. Um, But before we do, Sally, why don't you say hello and um, introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay, thanks, Becky. Gosh, uh, nothing like a setup that makes you feel a little pressure, right? Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I live currently in Greenville, South Carolina. It's actually where I grew up. Um, And my family and I just moved back here a couple months ago. Um, I've got two great kids. I have an 11-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter and um, a great husband that supports me as a female entrepreneur, which is so crucial. Um, And I am a business coach and um, public speaker. Um, I really only coach women um, who are female entrepreneurs or women who really, much like the More Than Me Collective, are really looking to achieve more in their lives and have more. You know, I always kind of say like women, I think feel that tug to be more and do more and have more long before they're willing to allow themselves to go and seek it out. But I think that when we are willing and ready to do that, we want to make things happen. So I love to help women um, really achieve their dreams um, through their business. Um, And Sally, you, um, you have a lot of wisdom. I was actually wondering like where, like what kind of training and background led you into what you're doing? Because there was so much, and even just following you on Instagram and social media, like, I'm like, where has this woman been? Um, because there are so many things that you say, and maybe it's just that you read a ton of books or you listen to a lot of speakers or, but what, what's your background and how did you get where you are? Um, yeah, I am a lover of learning for sure. Um, so I started my career as an attorney. Um, I went to law school because that sounded like 
a successful career that women in business had um, back in 2001. Um, So I pursued law. I practiced law for 10 years um, because I just was going to make it work Um, and never liking it really all along the way. But I didn't know what else I could do. I didn't know what else I could be. Um, and then I had an opportunity to manage a corporate and tax firm. So I ran that, I ran a real estate company, I ran a retail company. Um, so you start to see, like, I'm searching, searching, searching for my purpose. Um, and then along came a, um, sales company called Stella and Dot. Um, I was able to start that in addition to managing the corporate and tax firm because I like to stay nice and busy. Um, and so I did that for three years in conjunction with the law practice. And then I went full time with Stella and Dot, um, for three years. And then a year ago felt kind of that tug again and started my own, uh, company doing business coaching, which was a lot of what I was already doing with, um, Stella and Dot, but really all along the way I was helping people, either, you know, start their own businesses or do more within their own business. Um, because when I was practicing law, I was doing labor and employment law, um, which is really advising companies on the employer employee relationship. Wow. That's such an incredible journey. So how, (laughs) how did you end up with more than me? How did you meet Tiffany and how did you become a collective member? So Tiffany, um, I met through Stella and Dot. Um, she was always somebody that intrigued me because um, we just seemed to be really like-minded, um, you know, both women of faith, both women that really wanted to continue to help support other women. It's just been a really big um, kind of guiding light for me throughout my career is just to find other women and us work together you know, collectively. And, um, so when recently, um, I saw her on Instagram and social media doing this, and then she reached out one day and said, you know, described the more than me collective. Um, I instantaneously knew that I definitely wanted to be a part of it. That's awesome. I met Tiffany. She followed me on Instagram. I tell this story too many times that our listeners are like, Becky, please stop telling the story. Um, but I met her, I met her when I was living in my van and, um, and so she had started following my story and just called me up and was like, girl, what is your deal? <laughs> Who are you? Um, and, uh, so I really just met her for the first time in person in Boise. And so it's just been a few months that we've really known each other. And it's been so incredible. Just all the women that, um, have come into my life as a result of this journey. So, so excited to have a deeper relationship with you. I'm so excited to take our listeners deeper with you today. Um, so if you're listening to this, um, when we release it, so it's April of 2019, or if you're listening to it five years from now, who knows? Um, but if you're listening to it in April of 2019, uh, we are going to be, uh, we've just finished our Dallas event. We are um, not going to be having any more events till the fall but we are going to be releasing those dates and locations in the next few weeks. And we want you to start planning on being in person with us this fall. Um, this movement is not about continuing to have a technology based relationship with us. It's about an in-person relationship. And I can tell you, 
that this is not the kind of event where the speakers come on the stage from the back of the stage and then exit the back of the stage and you never get to talk to them. This is the kind of event where you sit at the tables with them, right? And they give you hugs and they cry with you and they encourage you. And so we want you to make it a priority to be with us this fall. And so if that's something you need to save up for, start saving right now. Start a little savings account and start putting away the money that's going to be necessary because I guarantee you the in-person events are, are worth it. I've been to the last two and it's already been a life-changing experience for me. So that's priority num numero uno. The Love second it. one is that we want you to join our member program. Um, and this is a program for audacious women who want to band together with us um, and live out their purposes. You're going to get to interact with this community of women every month. Um, Sally is on the Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. She leads yep. these discussions. She shares her wisdom and expertise with us. She dives deep into our businesses and our lives, and it's made us so much better, which is why so many people are quoting Sally these days. <laughs> um, you get advice from coaches, marketeers, all different kinds of people. You don't have to have a business to join us. You just have to be a woman who's in support of other women and seeing what we can do together. Um, the benefit of this organization is your participation. So that's why we need you there. If you're not there, we're not benefiting from you and you're not benefiting from us. Um, and that's how this goes around. So if you're interested in that, go to morethanme.com, click on the podcast description. This is um, episode six. Anything that we talk about today will be listed in your podcast description. So if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, just click on the description. All those links are there. You don't even have to go to the website. So we're going to dig deep and I'm going to push Sally to uncomfortable places that she feels really comfortable going to. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, because that's the reputation I have. So, mm -hmm. um, Sally, when you were in Seattle, um, mm -hmm. you shared a ton of wisdom. Like I said, Sally has many, many quotable um, moments. She is a woman who brings wisdom just from her essence and her being. Um, but she shared a specific story that really stuck out in my soul. Um, and she talked about something that she was, she had been hiding for a while. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Sally? Sure. Because you're <laughs> encouraging me so much. Um, so, uh, about two and a half years ago, I had, um, you know, what, per what everybody on the outside would have said is, you know, quote unquote, the perfect life. I mean, I had a gorgeous new home that my husband and I had renovated um, in a great neighborhood with two healthy kids, um, a career I thought I loved. I probably did at the time. Um, and, you know, I mean, it just, it checked all the boxes for society's purposes. Um, but the secret that I really was hiding from everyone else is that there was another part of me that wasn't fulfilled. And um, that's why I kind of tell my story and my history of, um, you know, the many different careers I've had, because it, it's just kind of further evidence of me always searching for something more um, and thinking that I could achieve uh, fulfillment through external achievements. 
Um, and that's really kind of, I think, what the rest of the world says. Like, if you have all these external pieces in place in the puzzle, then it will equal happiness. Um, but it, it's the exact opposite. When you have happiness, the other good things will come. Um, but I, I just didn't know how to achieve happiness. So, um, you know, I had always along the way um, kind of used alcohol just as a means of, um, I used to call it just kind of work hard, play hard. And I thought that that was um, okay, um, really. Um, and then somewhere along the line, you never really know when that is, it crossed over into it not being okay anymore. Um, and it was definitely, a, you know, abusing alcohol. Um, definitely is a numbing mechanism because I couldn't figure out why I had this lack of fulfillment. And I didn't want anybody to know. Um, there was such a disconnect between how I felt on the inside and what I displayed on the outside. And I often felt what in the world is wrong with me, especially with people coming up to me and saying, you must be so happy, or you must be so proud of your accomplishments, or, you know, oh my gosh, I see things seem to be going so well for you. And it was my dirty little secret that I didn't feel that way. Despite what everybody else would say, it wasn't how, what resonated on the inside for me. And um, so about um, in August of 2016, um, you know, I had a couple of days of, um, I'll just call it, I guess, excessive drinking, binge that I had really gotten stuck in this, um, you know, world of drinking and, um, you know, realized I probably had a problem. You know, it had crossed over the line and affected my kids in a way that I said I would never allow it to. Um, and I came back home and um, I went to see a counselor and I said, you know, I think I might, um, have a drinking problem. And she said, um, okay, great. Um, you might want to go to AA or Alcoholics Anonymous. And I was like, Oh, whoa, Lizzie. <laughs> I, I'm just talking about a small problem. See, I've got all my stuff together, so I can't be an alcoholic. Like that's extreme. I, I just drink heavily, you know, on the weekends or every, you know, third or fourth night. Um, and she was like, oh, guess what? You can still be an alcoholic. Um, but I, I honestly didn't know that, you know, I wasn't the woman um, under the bridge, you know, with a bottle in her hand and I hadn't lost everything and I didn't have all of the things that you know, a lot of people tell you happens when you have this disease. And um, because I didn't, it didn't check all of those boxes. Um, and, you know, I was shocked. Um, so I delayed it a little bit. Um, and then, you know, God has a wonderful way of intervening. 
Um, I'll never forget driving down um, our main boulevard and having a moment um, in my car, completely alone. I don't even think the radio was on. I really can't remember, but in my memory it wasn't, you know? Um, and feeling a literal tap on my shoulder and God just saying, have you had enough? Hmm. Um, and I burst into tears and I remember thinking, um, yeah, yeah, I have, but I don't know what to do. Um, and that's when I went back to a friend of mine who I did know had been in the program before. And, um, she actually walked into my office and I said, Hey, you know, I think I have a drinking problem. And she was like, okay, great. We'll go to a meeting in a couple of hours and that's no big deal. Um, you know, and I think that that was at that point, all I could handle from God, you know, I mean, it was the tap on the shoulder and then the ease into this world of recovery. Um, in a really kind way. And, um, and so it's been two and a half years now, um, since I entered recovery, it's been an amazing journey. The best thing I've ever done, the best gift, you know, I've ever given both to myself and to my family for sure. Um, and just to learn uh, the best gift you know, I've given myself because it's been the gift of learning about me and learning who I am, um, stripped away of the importance of all of the external, uh, factors. So, you know, what I loved the most about your story was, um, that I think a lot of times when we think about when God's going to ask us to do something really hard, or give up something that we've been hiding or that we have been holding onto really tightly that we think that it's going to be with a bark, you know, that he's going to do it in this really like aggressive way. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned over time in my own life and through sharing other people's stories like this is that it's never more than a tap on the shoulder. Mm -hmm like you just described, it's like a gentle, it's like the most gentle call to your heart. Mm -hmm. And that's how he calls us out. But we get so locked up in thinking that the way that it's going to be is hard, that the way that it's going to be is going to be humiliating. The way that it's going to be is going to be more shame than, than we already feel on mm -hmm. ourselves. This is going to be a, a more shameful process than the one that I'm already feeling like I'm living right now. Right. Right. And, and that when we tell, when we finally tell that person that we've probably been thinking about for a while, like if I did come out, it would be to this person that their first response is going to be like, well, how did this happen, Sally? Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, I don't even know if I know you, mm -hmm. like we've been friends for a long time. I can't believe 
what else do I not know about you? Right. <laughs> these are the things, do you hear this voice in your head? Like these are the things that we say. And yeah. if you, listener right now, if you're in this situation, you're probably, if, if I'm talking and you're like, yeah, this is what I've been saying to myself. I want you to hear this story. I want you to slow down and pay attention to what Sally just said. She got a tap on the shoulder, a gentle, loving tap from her father saying, he didn't even say, give it up, Sally. What are you, what is wrong with you? Like, you know, you, you have a Bible, you know what I said. <laughs> right. Like, hey, honey, I love you. When yeah. you're done, I'm here. When yeah. you're done, I'm here. Yeah. I but mean, you get to choose, right? You get to right. choose when you're done. And the, go the ahead. crazy go thing ahead. is that everything that you're describing is the, the pain and, you know, the horrible reality of what we put ourselves through is all self-will, yeah. right? I mean, it's when we think we know what the outcome is going to be, when we think we know exactly the path that we're on and all we have to do is maneuver it or force our way through. Um, and that's what I find ends up causing so much of our pain. It's when we're in God's will and we can pull back and listen to and just let the circumstances be what it is that he creates for us, then things are much easier. They're not nearly as painful. And um, what I had been doing for so long was just forcing my will on every situation and thinking I knew better. So let me ask you about the friend that you, that you took this to. Because um, mm -hmm. I, I, what I also love about these situations, and this is why AA works, mm -hmm. is because um, in order for us to shine light on something that's in the dark, it usually means that we have to bring it to, a, our, to someone in our community, right? Mm -hmm. Where the light can shine. Like the, the light shines in community because we were designed to be in community. It's why isolation usually just leads to more addiction, right? So, right. but it, it doesn't work if you bring it to someone who's not safe. Mm -hmm. You could have brought that, pro per, that problem. You could have brought this to someone who pushed you further into shame. True. That wasn't safe, right? So tell me about your friend and why you knew that was a safe place to bring it. What about um, her made it safe? Well, the, I mean, obviously the first thing was, is she was one of the rare women that I knew who was in the program already. I didn't know her story and her background until later, uh, yeah. much later. But what's so, I mean, interesting, ironic, but also just a God wink, um, is that we already had that meeting set up for that day. And it was, um, the previous day that I had, you know, had that tap on the shoulder. So the very next day, the very next day, the very next morning, I had the meeting set up with her totally unbeknownst to me for this probably intended purpose. But to me, it was about a speech that the two of us were going to coordinate on and it had nothing to do with any of this. Yeah. Um, but the moment she walked into my office, I just burst into tears and said, you know, I, I think I have a problem. And, um, you know, she was the exact person needed at the exact same time. And, and I just don't believe that there is a coincidence about that whatsoever. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, she was just a, a safe place for me to land at the right time. So after you told her, what did that feel like? Um, 
you know, what was so funny about it was that she was like, oh, yes, we can deal with that. Like, that is simple. We can go to a meeting at 530, no big deal. And, um, but this speech I'm really worried about. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I have just told you my biggest, darkest, deepest secret. And you're like, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. And so, you know, I mean, now, obviously, much later, I can reflect on that moment and realize, like, you know, we're the ones that make it such a big deal. We're the ones that think we're only people on this earth that have this issue. We're the only people that think this way. And, you know, um, no one would like me or, or care about me um, if they really knew me. And I think that that's what keeps so many of us, um, as we were kind of talking earlier, you know, in those shameful secrets is this belief that, you know, we're all alone in it. Um, so looking back on it now, it's just hilarious how she got me immediately laughing about it and realizing like, girl, you are not alone in that. There are so many other people that are like you, you know, all over this world. Um, and that we can deal with just like anything else. And, um, you know, I certainly didn't feel that way about 20 minutes earlier. So, yeah. So you were in a different career at this point. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to venture to, to guess that this experience launched you into what you're doing now. It's part of the path that you took. And I don't think that it's any coincidence that now you're a safe place for women to go to shed their shameful secrets so that they can move forward in their life, right? Yes. So how, wow. <laughs> how does this experience of being the person who needed a safe place to go, how has that changed the way that you've become a safe place for people? Mm. Gosh. Um, you know, to be honest, I've never really looked at it that way, but that is so, um, perfect. It's so eloquently put. I mean, um, yeah, I never would have been able to create the space for other people to be authentic and take down their walls if I couldn't be as real and authentic as I needed them or wanted them to be. You know, I needed to go through the process of having this transformative experience and going through that pain and knowing how difficult it is to really take down those walls that you've built up for yourself and the barriers to eventual success, you know, that was my big wall. That was my big barrier. Like I couldn't ever get to where I wanted to go, which is being as big and bold of a person as I really wanted to be and felt called to be. But I knew that that wall stood between myself and the career that I eventually wanted. Um, I knew that I couldn't you know, be someone that could truly help women in the way that I wanted until I resolved this issue. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, now I think about it as um, being able to comfort them. And when they have the type of tears and the type of moments that I had, um, saying to them, I get it. Like, mm -hmm. I know how hard this is to let all of this go. But these, you know, bags, these 50 pound packs that we carry along with us that we've gathered along the way, you know, which have been disappointments or, 
you know, uh, just bad moments that were, you know, shameful moments, all of those, it's like each time one of those happens, we're picking up another 50 pound pack and we're taking it with us. We may not realize we are, but we are. And until you heal that part of yourself and put those down, you really can't rise to the level that you're capable of rising to. And um, that's what I love to be able to see within these women is their capacity to rise, to become the women that they want to become. And then I'm able to help them know that the way to get there is shoring up their internal foundation before they build up the external. I was, I always tell people like my life was built on this Jenga tower um, that when you pulled one block out, everything toppled. And that one block could have been a flat tire or a, you know, um, I mean, a, a child that was sick. All of it sent me into a tizzy because I was so out of balance and didn't have this strong internal foundation built on self-love and faith and, or, you know, I knew those things, but I really wasn't leaning on them because um, I was so externally focused. And so I really had to learn how to reverse the entire process and, you know, love from the inside out. And that's what I love to help women realize is like, you need to go through that process even when you're building a business of your own as well, because it won't matter what other people have to say then. It won't matter that they, some people don't like what you do. Mm -hmm. um, you'll know that you love what you do. And then from that, you will emanate that love that will be magnetic to other people. They won't know why they love what you're doing or who you are, but it will be because you are doing it the opposite way that most people are doing it. You're not focused on the external, you're focused from the internal out. Sally, thank you so much. I, um, you know, listeners, if you are somebody who is listening today and maybe you're that person who has something that you've been hiding and that you know it's time to let it go. Um, we just want to encourage you to find a safe place um, to go bring that to. And, and you know, I, it's not uncommon actually, Sally, I didn't know this part until today that you went to your counselor first. Sometimes that's easier. They're anonymous. They're, they're required to keep your confidentiality. And sometimes the easiest place to go first and just shed some light on what's going on is, is with a counselor because it's, it's not as scary. No one, we're all afraid of the fear of being found out. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and so maybe right now you're not ready to let someone else in your personal world that could tell other people or that you're ready, you're, maybe you're not ready for that, but maybe a counselor is a good first step for you. Um, but we want you to, we want to gently invite you out mm -hmm. into the light with us. And we want you to know that it's so much better out here. It's beautiful so. and it's warm and, and Jesus is just there and he is just ready to embrace you. And so if you're in that place, like, um, reach out to us on Instagram mm -hmm. or find a counselor or find a good friend that, that who will say, that's no big deal. We've got this together. Find someone like that. Um, Sally, do you have anything to add to that? 
I just always want to assure women that you're never alone. You know, whatever it is that you're telling yourself is, you know, um, yeah, but my situation's different. You know, that was my story for a long time. Like, um, yeah, you might be struggling, but my situation's different. I can't share mine because of X, Y, and Z. I would just say that, um, you know, I used to think <laughs> I'm terminally unique. And it was actually quite a relief to realize that I wasn't, mm -hmm. that I was just like everyone else um, in the way that we all suffer and that I'm not alone in this. And that there are a lot of other women who are going through what you, whatever it is you're going through, I can assure you there are other women out there who are going through what you're going through. And so just like you said, Becky, I mean, reach out. Um, what is waiting for you on the other side of it? is that level of fulfillment you have looked your whole life for and it's available to you the last thing is if you are already out here in the light with us then be a safe place for people become yeah. the kind of person that people can bring uh, their darkness to and become a safe place look for opportunities to bring people out into the light with you um, cause that's, that's how we start this because the beginning of purpose, if you know, everyone who's listening here is wanting to find their purpose and live it out. But the beginning of that road, just like Sally's is stepping out into the light and bringing everything with you. And once you do that, all of a sudden your purpose becomes really clear yeah. and it kind yeah. of just unfolds right before you. Right. So absolutely. So thank you so much for joining us. This is the More Than Me podcast, sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. Um, so if you enjoyed today's show, please go leave us a review on iTunes and Google Play. This really helps our ratings so that more women can listen to this podcast. And again, you can find out more about this movement in detail on morethanme.com. This is episode six, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.